When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. I have the hiccups. <laughs> I'm going to be hiccuping the whole fucking time, man. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with It's the Interview Series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks as always for making your way here, checking out the episode. Hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all the interviews that I put out every single week. It's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to keep you up to date on your favorite artists. Discover some new ones. Know what's happening in the music world. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, Lil Huddy. Going to be talking with Chase Hudson about the debut record, Teenage Heartbreak. The TikTok-turned-pop-punk uh, star going to discuss growing up on a healthy diet of Blink-182 and Green Day, making a concept album about his past relationships, and using the name Lil Huddy as a way to embody a character both on the LP and on stage. Now, Hudson's also going to tell us about getting Tyson Ritter from All-American Rejects to guest on the record, and a bit about what to expect from the upcoming Netflix documentary about the Hype House. So let's do it. Teenage Heartbreak, it's Kyle Meredith with Lil Huddy. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Chase, it's, a, it's really nice to meet you on here. First off, congratulations on the acclaim and the success and everything that's came along with this record. I mean, this has got to be huge for you. Thank you, man. Yeah, this is like the, the biggest milestone so far and like something I've been looking forward to for a year. So yeah. I'm glad that it's here. And it's, I mean, the story, of course, is amazing. It's super interesting, you know, how you've got to this point. Uh, a lot of people before this knew you, of course, from TikTok. And then everybody got to see your musical side. When was it, when was it you decided to be a songwriter? Like, is that, mo can you pinpoint that moment in your life? Honestly, like, I had always taken an interest into to singing and stuff like that since I was really young. Um, I never had like a specific moment where I like was like I really want to be a songwriter, but I like sometimes I would be like in the shower as a kid and I would be singing random stuff like trying to come up with melodies and like random lyrics and I and I always noticed I was just like oh, I'm not I'm not too bad at this I'm not too bad and then like I was just me taking it as a joke as a kid but like 
as I was growing up, I was like, all right, like I've made it to Los Angeles with the world of opportunities, like just at my footsteps. And like, I knew what I wanted from the get go, but I wanted to like, you know, explore everything. I've given acting a little bit of a try. I've given modeling a little bit of a try. You know, I've, I've really wanted to kind of like see what I feel like's best and music has always like been like so much higher than everything else like on the on like the scale for me I guess it's it's fun listening to this and I I say this with any artist too you know you you sort of try to pick out either what they were listening to or the influences or anything you've talked a lot about this too but but who were those coming of age bands that kind of led you to your sound that you've you've landed on um, honestly, I, I love like Blink's style. I love Blink's style. I really love Green Day as well. I, I think those are the two most like similar when it comes to the stuff that I'm making. It's just more like fun, free spirited, carefree, like kind of cool stuff with a little bit of an emotional side that I get from inspirations of uh, like all around the place. Like I'm, I'm really into like emotional rap. I'm also really into like, I'm into trap music. I'm into like some of like you know like all the old punk stuff all the old rock stuff it's just kind of a little bit of everything um but i get inspiration from it all the blink thing has been fun to see happen in the last few years like you know it's one of those things like if you'd asked me when i first saw the damn it video which would have i don't know been 97 98 something around there like Mm -hmm. i wouldn't have been i wouldn't have thought that's the band that would have been influencing so many people you know, nearly 25 years later. It's been it's been really awesome to, to hear that sound like really come through. Yeah, I think it's just because it's like the fun and catchiness of it is just so like undeniably pop punk and like a staple in like the pop punk like world that it, it's something that you just come back to every time. And there's a, there's other sounds in there too. I mean, the eulogy of you and me, you know, we, we get a little bit of the, the, uh, the goth punk side uh, on this. You know, I even wrote down uh, MCR with some, you know, My Chemical Romance, what I was, you hear that a little bit on the 21st uh, Century Vampires too, with just the, the goth side. Um, did that, was that, was that part of it as you were coming up? I mean, did, did you, did you ever, did you ever have the, uh, the goth era? Um, like low key? Yeah. I mean, I, I like, not when I was younger, honestly, like not when I was younger, more so like when I started to grow into my own skin a little bit more. Um, I think it took until I was um, stepping out of like high school that I was able to like be comfortable in my own skin. I always wanted to fit in high school and like kind of be like whoever, but I always like wore a bunch of like band tees and stuff like that. And I would just get caught a poser around school and all that, all that kind of fun stuff. So I was just like, all right, fuck you guys. I'm going to wear a hoodie and call it a day. And so... Like, I kind of did that until I moved out to L.A., found, like, my sort of, like, creative people. And, like, then it helped me express myself a little bit more and find my own style. And I think that's just kind of what's helped me, especially find myself within music, because people just are such heavy supporters and, like, music enthusiasts out here that, like, they'll recognize something real or something cool. And that's what helps me kind of get the feedback that, like, drives me back to, to music, as a lot of it's from my friends. And a lot of it's like from the people that I, I work with. That eulogy of you and me, though, I mean, that's that's a fun angle. Um, just where you're coming from. Like when I think of like the greatest My Chemical Romance songs, it had a title like that. But how did you arrive at that at that song? I mean, if, I don't know if you can talk a little about that one, because I do love your entrance point on that one. Well, I think the eulogy of you and me is just kind of like the the track that started the rest of the tracks. Once I made that song, I kind of 
understood the shape of the project a little bit more um, because I was like, oh, okay, this could be used as a sort of breakup point or like a like a final like song to to be like, all right, this is it, we're over, we're done, like, but it all leads up to this this moment, and I and I I think I saw that like especially when I had I made Lost Without You and then I made the Eulogy of You and Me. Those are the first two tracks I made in the album, and. Um, once I had made like Lost Die, I was just like, oh, okay, like this kind of makes sense. Eulogy of You and Me, I was just like, oh, okay, this really makes sense. And then we just kind of kept going more at it and at it. And then like we had made like Teenage Heartbreak. And then once I heard that, I was like, okay, dope. I see sort of the shape of the project. But like the Eulogy of You and Me always stood out just because it had that staple like core like breakup point. And it was like, cool to roll off the tongue as soon as you put out 21st Century Vampire. They felt like they like were cohesive, especially when we brought the idea to like a director for the music video. He was just like, I don't want to do one, I want to do both. Like, I can see myself being in both of these worlds. And um, so that that's just kind of how they've like felt hand in hand from the get-go. Hearing you talk about the relationships, I mean, this is a concept record, if I understand right, uh, you know, in, in the way it's laid out the music all stands together uh e even as you try different styles you know in between it all feels mm -hmm. like one big piece the relationships as I, I think i've read in the other interviews it's it's a handful of different relationships did you find did you find like a commonality in those relationships that we also hear in the songs does that, does that question make sense no sort of <laughs> I mean, the songs all make sense together. I, you know, and I know every relationship's different, but I started wondering, like, as you're writing, as you're picking moments from these relationships, did you find, like, the the thread, the, uh, you know, the, oh, that's happened so many times? Yes. Oh, my God, yes. I think Headlock was a big, like, piece in the thread. I was just like, oh, my God, I can't even tell you how many times. I've, I've honestly, realistically, never broken up with a girl. In my life, I've never been the one to call it quits. And I think I've done it maybe one time, but that was like when I found I got cheated on, different story. But um, it's because I always feel like I'm, I'm so like, I get so into relationships and I get tied into them. And then that's what the, like the, the kind of headlock feeling is just like, I can't let you go and I don't want to be the one to let you go. Like if you want to break my heart, be the one to do it because I feel fucking soul tied to you. So put up with it. And that's kind of like, one of the the big pushing pieces it also really ties in with no more and just kind of like the feeling of not wanting being in love anymore but also being tied down to this girl and not really knowing how you feel about it like not really knowing my feelings has always kind of been my thing like not really understanding them and me starting to write about all these relationships has helped me like put like tap into this part of my brain that i forgot i even had and um almost like I didn't even know I had. I was like, what? Uh, holy shit. Like, I am, like, getting so much deeper and intricate than I was in the actual relationships itself. Like, it just brought me back to, like, such a, a place of, like, crazy times, dude. Just being able to channel all of the old relationships. It's a lot. <laughs> it's reliving all those moments, too, I'm sure, oh. over and over. <laughs> yeah. it's, um, and, and I'm sure especially more when you get start really get to playing these live, too. I mean, that's you know, sometimes I, I'm sure a lot of songwriters, you kind of have to separate yourself from those moments. But but I know for some, like, that's hard to do because you do. To get to that emotional points, a lot of artists have to really relive those moments. Ha, ha, has that happened for you? Do you, Does it happen the same way? 
Yeah, I think the eulogy you and me, like when I wrote that song, oh my god, you don't know how happy I was because that was like the first point of like total stress relief. I was just like, wow, I can scream the song at the top of my lungs and like point my middle fingers to the sky and just be like, hell yeah, like I'm over this relationship that happened hella long ago. Woo! Like it, it just made me feel so like at ease. Especially like, like making the song, it put me at ease. Putting it out was another story. It just made me feel like I got all of the weight off my chest, and like, makes me feel like almost like a breath of fresh air each time that I I put out a, like a new song or like the album itself. I held that that album from everyone for a year, and I'm so glad it's out. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Well, how it ends. I mean, we get to the end here. And okay. if it is a concept record, where are we left? Where, where is the, the narrator, the character, yourself? Where, where are we at the end? Is it, is it an arc? Yes. Yeah, it is. It's the point in the relationship after you've broken up, everything's done. It's when you're sitting in your room by yourself at midnight and you're thinking about every single point in this relationship and then you think about each of the songs and what place those are in the story. It's almost like you, while you're writing the songs after the relationship's over with, writing about the good times, writing about the bad times, that's you watching every scene of the movie play in order like it was chapters in the story. That's what. That's how, how it ends, like pieces everything together in such a, a weird and beautiful way. Are you in a good place at that point? No. I mean, it's kind of like, damn, the relationship's over. Fuck. <laughs> like, thank God, but fuck. <laughs> you know, and, and flipping that over on the other side of it, too. I mean, hearing, you know, you go from uh, Teenage Heartbreak right at the beginning. Yeah. Straight into a ballad. I mean, we get to see complete different sides of you right off the bat. Which is fun, you know, which is really fun if you're listening to the album, you know, in that one kind of piece like that. Yeah. For those moments, for those softer sides, ballads, whatever you want to call them, did you have to approach those differently as a, as a singer? Yes. Um, like, there were different points where I'd feel certain energies. Like, when I would go into the studio during, like, the middle of the day, I'd write a song like, I don't care. But if I went to the studio and I just finished a song, like, sort of more sad, like, I think... I wrote um, No More, and then after I made No More, I made America's Sweetheart in the same night. Um, so after I made No More, I was like, oh, I was really sad. Fuck, what do I do now? I went and I wrote a ballad song because that was just sort of the mood that I was in that, that sort of night. You have to put yourself in that setting. It's just like lights are off almost, you know, because it's outside, it's dark. But you're just like, damn, like starting to get deeper and everyone's starting to like lay down cool off a little bit and then we were just like 
writing about all the sad stuff and like as I was writing it they were asking me questions about the time it all leads back to and like it, everything's about like setting and like feeling like if you went into, into the studio in a happy mood you're not going to write a sad song you're going to write something that makes you feel more of the essence you gotta you gotta like it's all gotta come from the heart from like what you're feeling at that very moment in time it's got to be what you do every time and it, i mean it does sound personal but at the same time you know for whatever reason um you use this moniker little huddy I, I'm, I'm thinking of other artists who have sort of used monikers in their life, whether it was just for one album or whether it was for what, you know, I mean, you trace it back to David Bowie, you know, with Ziggy Stardust and everything. Does something like that allow you to perform as a character, uh, either within the songs or, or live? Is, it, is that part of it? Hell yeah. I, I think every time I get on onto like into rehearsals or onto a stage, the first thing that comes to my mind is like, what does the song make me feel and how does it make me feel? Sometimes the songs make me feel like dancing. Sometimes it makes me feel like jumping up and down. Sometimes it makes me feel like sad or like sometimes it makes me feel like I want to sit in a stool and just put a mic in the stand and like just sit and sing and, you know, like kind of do sort of different things. There's different like body language things that, that you can do for each song that I perform them in a different kind of a, way than I would normally like I'm actually like when I'm not in my zone which is when I make music like I'm just this fucking awkward kid it's like what up dude like hey I'm here but when I'm in my like personified like zone I'm like not myself I'm like a different human being fully yeah. Well, it's it's fun hearing that, whether you're talking about the relationships. And again, that's when I started thinking about the character side on, on the other, because calling a teenage heartbreak, um, listening to Party Crasher. Um, I mean, there is this awareness. What am I saying? Awareness of youth, you know, mm. you're young, but but it seems like you're really leaning into that. Like, I know that's and I think I can get away with some shit because of that. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, was that on your mind? Like, because oh, it does seem like you leaned into that again. You know, it's it's in the title itself. But was that really on your mind as you were writing these songs? Oh, when I was writing Party Crasher, I was just like, what can I give to the people that speaks? I'm going to fucking break total chaos and anarchy. But also, like, take a girl with me and make her hold my hand. And she's just, like, falling around, like, la, la, la. Like, what is happening? Like that's kind of what the song makes you feel is it's like um i've described it like this every time it's like the honeymoon phase in a relationship where you're just starting out and you're like oh my god oh this is so great let's go and do everything together let's go fucking tear shit up because we're young and reckless and we're in love and bleh. like so you're you're out there you're, you're doing your thing with, with your girl but you're also like having fun having the time in your life that's kind of what this embodies and embodies two different emotions. It's kind of the fun and like the craziness of the start of a relationship. And it just puts them together. I, I want to quickly um, bring up, of course, you got some very famous guests on here. Uh, not just Travis Barker, which I know is a huge piece of this puzzle. And, and, and I love what he's doing with new talent out there, such as yourself. Uh, but you pulled Tyson Ritter out, which... Yeah you know, is someone who wasn't looking to be, it doesn't seem like he was looking to be pulled out back into the public anytime soon. What's the story there? What's your relationship friendship? Uh, and how did that happen? 
Well, um, honestly, at the time, like we had a, uh, I already started making the song, and at the time, um, we had one of my homies, Lauv, uh, who's also another big artist, um, who I'm friends with. He he had a uh, he had like been like, hey, would you like to like check the song out? Me and Ian started the song, and and so I was like, yeah, of course. So he gave it to me, and then um, I I put sort of my my vocals on it. And then it, it matched it, it matched um, the vocal in um, uh, "Gives You Help," I guess the like the like the melody, I guess. And so we were like, um, "Why don't we hit up Tyson? Let's see if if this is doable." Because I feel like it is. And um, I had talked about Tyson in multiple interviews, and his sister had saw that I talked about him and like showed Tyson was like, "This is really cool." And then like eventually he got hit up about doing it with me and he was like ah oh, I don't know and then his sister was like you better fucking do that and so that's the reason it's literally the reason is because his sister was like you better you better hop in that song man and then because of his sister we were able to collaborate together and so yeah we've built a, a great friendship throughout it it's awesome yeah I hope that means he's gonna make I'm hoping he's using this now to make more music as well like you did that you put some more yeah. rejects music into the world or something so yeah, where does that where so where are you now? Like the album's out. And 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 here it is. Like musically, where do you go from here? Um, well, I obviously I'm gonna progress. I I put out a bunch of stuff that I recorded last year and so now it's like what if I made this year? And I've made a bunch of newer, more like I feel like I'm getting more aware of the music that I'm making, like now that I'm like getting into this getting into this it's all it was all pretty fresh and now it's still pretty fresh but um i feel like i'm getting better at it i'm getting better at it vocally i'm starting to understand my voice and my sound a little bit more and um so are like the people i'm co-writing with so it's been um a lot more fun to kind of make sounds there and you guys are gonna see more like later down the line we're gonna keep on releasing tracks and like having fun with it down the line, but um, that's pretty much the only thing I had planned for next. Dude, this album was the only thing I had planned for this year. I was like, all right, well, when are we gonna do this? Right. Oh, <laughs> and now it's out again. You know, it's it's so much fun to listen to it too. I, I know you got a lot going on beyond that. On the other side of things, I think I don't know. I saw that there's a Netflix documentary about yeah. what you is it. Are are you a part of that? I am. So do you know like what's the details on that? When does that happen? No idea. Um, okay. But <laughs> we uh, we filmed that in like the beginning of the year. Um, it was supposed to be like a, uh, like the, the hype house sort of reality show. And so we filmed kind of our daily life and we put a little bit of a spin on it. And we like found ways that we could all like hang out and do a bunch of cool stuff together. And so we all just kind of captured that. And it was a lot of fun. Me and my friends here, they would shoot some stuff here. And then like they kind of got to know our friendship here. They got to see what I'm doing in my daily life because I have sort of this separate new life now that I didn't have necessarily when I started out being friends with them. So it just kind of shows the progression of everything and the progression of like where I'm I'm headed today, which is really cool. And like, I think that's gonna like open people's eyes to uh, what's going on with us now. Which is yeah, cool. it'd be fun to see that story. I'm looking forward to that too. Uh, well, Chase, uh, thanks again. Uh, congratulations on uh, on Teenage Heartbreak. Again, it's such a fun record to listen to. Thanks for doing that. And uh, hey, man, thanks for taking the time to talk about it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, bro. I hope you have a, a great rest of your day. All right.
My thanks, Chase Hudson, Lil Huddy. The new album is called Teenage Heartbreak. Thanks to you for checking out the episode. Hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all the interviews. A new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at anywhere you get your podcast from. Uh, subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. That does include YouTube for the video versions as well. After that, head over to WFPK.org where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. That's an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews. Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith, over on TikTok, at Kyle M. Meredith. The M stands for miniature. It's a tiny, tiny little M. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Cool, I can't hold my breath. I need to, I need to, I need to fucking talk. You gotta, all right, let me try I'm gonna try 15 seconds, okay? It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.